podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Miller, lovely cushion header. But you beauty! What a headshot! What a head! The time to Luis Garcia. Tries his mark. Hello and welcome to this, your Champions League preview podcast here on Anfield Index. I'm your host, Andy Wales, and well, finally, finally, uh, we no longer have to endure any international breaks for quite some time, um, but but Liverpool do need to make a trip into Europe uh, because Wednesday night they're going across to Paris for the small matter of a victory against PSG to confirm their place in the knockout stages of the Champions League. Yes, I say the small matter with the uh, tongue firmly in cheek, uh, because here to uh, help me look ahead to the game is uh, Sam Evans. Welcome along, Sam. Hi, Andy. How are you, mate? I'm not so bad. Finally, we get to podcast together. Uh, we never get did get to do that uh, AI Wales podcast. Looking forward to it, mate. <laughs> and uh, joining Sam with me tonight is uh, John O'Sullivan. Hi there, John. Hi Andy, thanks a million for having me on. It's been a while, so looking forward to this. Yeah, we we chatted on the uh, the committee podcast, didn't we? And that was nice to rumble over a lot of different names uh, that could potentially join Liverpool. And I'm trying to think, <laughs> there wasn't any PSG names on there, was there? Uh, maybe Rabio, but uh, I don't think I can see us <laughs> unfortunately getting Mbappe anytime soon. Well, uh, let, let's let's hope if there are any names on the list, they all fill their audition on Wednesday. So, uh, John, like I say, you know, the, the small matter of uh, beating PSG in their own backyard in Paris, obviously tongue-in-cheek, it's going to be no mean feat. But, you know, a victory, and that is Liverpool through. However, all four sides could still qualify. Everything really isn't up in the air, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's really balanced on a knife edge. But like, as we discussed before it came on air, I think that could kind of suit Liverpool in a reverse kind of way. Um PSG really have to go for this game, and I think that might play into our hands. Um, they, they, they're obviously a very attacking team. They play this kind of variation of 3-4-3. And I think if either Neymar or Mbappe play, it's rumoured that maybe one or both won't play. Uh, they could be quite exposed down uh, down the wide channels where uh, Mane and Salah will come into their own, hopefully. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge game. There's no other way of putting it. Uh, Sam... Like we say, everything is uh, is up in the air. It's finally balanced, and that's because Liverpool last time out went to uh, went to Belgrade and they lost two nil to Red Star. I mean, what did just some brief thoughts on that game? Uh, just what I, I to be quite honest, there was no other word for it. I, I called it a shit show. It was pretty grim, wasn't it, mate? It was pretty abysmal. Um, I, I think it was. A bit of a case of maybe us underestimating them on the day, um, combined with a bit of a lack of cohesion in the attacking third as well coming into the game. So when you combine that with 
the defence not quite playing well on the day as well, you, you get what happened, really. So um, it was a shit show, but the reaction, I think, was still a little bit over the top. If you do look at the table, you, you do kind of calm down a bit then and realise that it's all there still to play for and it's really still in our hands. Uh, and John uh, said, yeah, it is all still to play for and it is still in Liverpool's hands. But you kind of look back now and think, oh, what if? You, you know, if, if Liverpool had won that match, that would be it. They would they would have been through. To, they would have had their place virtually guaranteed, I should say, to uh, to the knockout stages. It's um, it, it really is opportunity spurned, isn't it? Yeah, it was such a bad... I think Sam used the word abysmal and it's absolutely fitting description. It was probably one of the worst performances I've seen in the club, maybe since the Watford away. In his first season where he lost 3-0 with Bogdan in goal, it, it was calamitously bad. Uh, I mean, okay, Liverpool had chances like Sturridge missed a sitter after about a minute, but just the lack of interplay, of cohesion, of any kind of idea other than kind of chipping it into the wide channels from the fullbacks was just, it was a terrible performance. But, you know, every team has a performance like that in them every season, so let's hope let's hope that that's the last, the last of that, we'll see. Yeah, let, let's let's definitely hope that's the last we see of any of that. I mean, look, looking at um, at the other result in the group, um, Napoli and PSG played out a draw, and and that is why things are still in Liverpool's hands in this way. So, uh, what 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 did you make of that one then? Personally, I I was really happy with that. We did have a lot of people kind of hoping for maybe Paris to win. Um, Oh, well, I, I had people kind of mixed feelings, really. Some of them were saying Napoli to win and then let them pull away so we can have a bit of a gap between us and Paris. But I thought it was the absolute ideal result for us, really, because really whatever happens against Paris, even if we lose 10-0, we, I understand how, the, how it works now. It's head-to-head record takes precedent over any goal difference or anything. So... We just need to beat Napoli 2-0 by two goals at least in the home game and we're through anyway. So the fact that we kept Napoli to joint points with us now as they are, six points each, they can beat, uh, you know, they can win against Red Star now, we can lose to Paris and a two-goal win at home gets us at least second in the group when we go through. So for me, one all um, draw in that game was absolutely perfect result for the Reds. Yeah, interesting. And John, you know, were you happy enough with uh, Napoli and PSG uh, sharing the spoils, uh, both home and away for them both? Yeah, because I think our path is kind of set out now. So, you know, we, we can even afford to draw in Paris, like Sam said, and then win, win our final game at home. I think the final game is probably going to be the more difficult of the two because Ancelotti, the wily old fox that he is, he has an excellent record in Europe. But uh, hopefully we can kind of get more or less the job done this week and then not have that much pressure on ourselves going into the final game. But, but in, in true in true Liverpool tradition, it's probably something that we would set up a grandstand finish at Anfield uh, and go through anyway. So uh, I'm, despite despite the terrible result against Red Star and performance, I'm still quite confident we'll go through. Yeah, you, you mentioned that, you know, it's typical Liverpool. Everything has to be here, last-minute grandstand uh, and they have to uh, shred our nerves in the process. So, you know, as we mentioned, look, there's a point between ourselves and PSG as things stand. If we win in Paris, obviously that's it. That's four points. We can't be caught by PSG. 
and you would imagine that Liverpool that uh, Napoli win in uh, win against uh, Red Star, and that would be enough for Liverpool to go through. But uh, Liverpool being Liverpool, it doesn't always work out like that. So you you absolutely can see it, can't you? Um, last last game week, uh, last game day, whatever you want to call it, uh, Liverpool needing them the needing to win by the two goals to uh, to guarantee their progression through to the next stages. Um, you know, it, do you do you really see that happening? Is is do you think it's kind of written in the stars that Liverpool? have to uh, keep us on on the edge of our seats like that? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, but I do think we'll get a good result in Paris. But uh, either way, like I said, I'm confident that we'll, we'll go through. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, because as, as Stan, obviously, like you've mentioned, Liverpool, Napoli, both top, uh, top uh, the group on six points, PSG on five, uh, and then Red Star on four. But obviously, with Red Star away at Napoli, you'd fancy Napoli to get the result there. Everything really hinges. It's such. It, there's so many different permutations there as to uh, to who qualifies and who who misses out. Um, it's it's a massive massive game week. Um, uh, John, what what about PSG then? Looking, oh, sorry, but actually before we get into, I was just going to go into their team, but actually before we go into their team, what about the previous game at Anfield uh, back in September, first game week? Um, obviously, everyone was excited going into it. You know, back into the Champions League against one of the one of the big name teams with all these superstar names. Do you do you think Liverpool can really tap into that performance? Uh, because three two really flattered PSG that night. It really did. They they were a team of eleven zombies. They really really didn't engage us in any kind of pressing or had play with any kind of intensity. It was extremely strange and. They scored really from their only two chances, and I guess the Mounier goal was even I consider it a half chance. They didn't create anything, and uh, it's not that Liverpool were were fantastic on the night, but like a one goal deficit in defeat really flattered PSG. So I, I'd hope Liverpool themselves would even would even up it from that. But I couldn't see PSG playing worse than that because they were pathetic. Um, they really kind of you know they really projected the stereotype of this just team of 11 individuals rather than a cohesive unit. And um, so I think the 3-2 really did flatter them. But if, if if they play like that again, I'm pretty confident that Liverpool will win comfortably. But you couldn't see them playing that badly, you know, twice against the same team. Yeah, I, I know. I remember looking ahead to that game and we were looking at uh, the, the record that Klopp held, held, uh, held holds um, over uh, Thomas Tuchel. Uh, and it is a favourable record, and obviously a lot of that was to do with the the, the respective sides they're in charge of at, at the time of their meetings. But um, yeah, the, the the whole sort of dynamic of that game was very much that uh, that PSG really lacked a presence or anything in midfield in there, and Liverpool just kind of ran over them, just rampaged through them. Precisely, yeah, and I think um, I, it was just really strange. They they were neither very defensive or they were neither very attacking. They were kind of in between two stools. They didn't necessarily play in the deep block, but they also didn't engage us in any kind of press. They, they just kind of seemed to go through the motions. It was one of the stranger performances you saw. I, I'm not sure what Tuchel's tactics were supposed to be that night because invariably he's he's kind of like a Jurgen Klopp light. He likes you know high pressing and interplay and quick transitions. But like, that night they showed nothing of what he's supposed to bring to the table as a coach. So. Whether that was some kind of a, a strange kind of a 
game plan to to kind of quiet Anfield and hopefully hold Liverpool, you know, until the final until the final few minutes for them to attack. I'm unsure because he's spoken in the past of the power of Anfield and how it makes things that are not logical in his own words happen. But apart from that, I, I can't see what they were trying to achieve, and you know they. They were they were rightfully beaten, and once again for about the hundredth time, it flattered them massively. Yeah, it, it absolutely did. And Sam, looking back at that game, I mean, it was a fantastic night's entertainment. It, it was, you know, an excellent game to watch. Liverpool were 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 good. They were very good for for the vast majority of the game. Probably seventy five minutes, they were with the team well on top. Uh, but but we also did see in glimpses there. Those magical little moments, you know, where we, we talk that John mentioned, you know, it's almost they were PSG were almost stereotypical of that a team of eleven individuals rather than a cohesive unit. But they they did show in a few moments just how capable those individuals can be, and they they could hurt us. So, what what do you what do you think Liverpool can take from that previous meeting into this game on Wednesday night? We should take loads of confidence, to be honest with you, mate. Uh, you know, remembering back to the game, we, we thoroughly deserved our lead at the time. And if you remember rightly, the first goal uh, for Almunia was actually, I'm sure it was Cavani coming from an offside position. And it was, that was You're pretty right. much And a worldy finish as well. So it was like really unlikely goal, which kind of was a bit out of our hands. So that went in. And the other one was... I think it was Milner gave the ball away in midfield. I'm not 100%. And uh, it is a bit of a soft goal to give away, but it's that quality of Mbappe showing again. So, as you said, mate, they're, they're very much a brand these days, PSG. You know, they've got the whole um, Jordan thing going on with Nike as well. They seem to be all about the big names. They're the new Galacticos. That's kind of the way they're going about it. So, you always have to watch out for the quality of these guys, of course, going forward. But there, there was a distinct lack of cohesion in that team on that day. And I thought, you know, we totally outplayed them on the day and they shouldn't have been anywhere near us on the scoreboard. So um, I was so, so happy when Firmino came off the bench to score that winner. Uh, and I think it was really thoroughly deserved. So regards to the game coming up, um, I think you know we sh- we should be really really confident about it because I think we're now in a much better place than we were then. I think we've continued to show real solidity in defence since that date. You know, obviously we've had a couple of blips uh, against Napoli and against Red Star, and it happens to be in this same competition. So that does kind of concern you ever so slightly, but. You know, in general, our defence has been extremely solid this season. Um, one of the best in, in Europe, to be honest with you. So, going away to this really, you know, elite attacking trio um, that PSG have got could be a concern. But, you know, I've got real confidence. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to come on to it. Maybe the trio won't all be available. Yeah, we'll, 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 we might as well get to that now then. Uh John, just looking at the PSG team then, uh, the first thing that comes to mind obviously is with this international break is it's normally something that troubles Liverpool. <laughs> we, we seem to pick up injuries. Um, touch wood, we've been okay through this this break, but PSG, two very, very notable injuries. Um, Kylian Mbappe with that very, very nasty looking uh, shoulder injury, which made me squirm watching it. Uh, the report, the official report is that he has a bruised shoulder. 
And as yet, as we record this, it's still unknown and unconfirmed whether or not he will or will not be available. Uh, and the reports are that um, Neymar has uh, an adductor strain. And now the rumours are that he's looking at two to three weeks out. But again, the club are refusing to confirm whether he will or will not be available for the game. So how... What what are we looking at uh, with the PSG team in terms of uh, the key players and uh, and just just how important those two Neymar and Mbappe could be if if they actually don't make the game. So um, whether both play or neither play, it's 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 hard to know at at, at this stage. Uh, Neymar seems a type that unless he's one hundred and fifty percent fit, he wouldn't play through pain or play through, play through injury. Um, Mbappe's looked in, incredibly painful, so. It's hard to know whether he'll be available. It's not as if they have bad they have bad players that come into the void. I mean, they could play Draxler off the left and perhaps Marie off the right. Obviously, not in the same quality bracket as Neymar or Mbappe, but still very good players in their own right. Um, so obviously, for a Liverpool's perspective, I hope that neither play. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe one of them played, most likely Mbappe. Hmm. Uh, I mean, the thing then again is, you know, if both are not a hundred percent and struggling somewhat with injury, is it almost better that they they play and are very inhibited because then we then we don't have two other players who are maybe at full fitness uh, trying to you know make the most of their opportunity and prove that they deserve to be on that stage as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, particularly because they play wide, kind of either side of um, Cavani. And uh, one whoever will play off the left, probably Neymar, will be in front of Bernat, who was absolutely terrible at Anfield. He was one of the worst individual performances I've ever seen. And uh, as we know, like Liverpool are very strong on their flanks, be it Trent and Salah or Robertson and Mane. So if you have a Neymar who's never really too much into the defending, I think people will remember Mane absolutely ending him at, at Anfield with that little shimmy into the cop. Um, if he's not 100% at it, he could leave Burnout very, very exposed to uh, to the threat Liverpool have off that side. So if he's uh, if he does play and he's not 100% fit, like you say, it could be advantageous for Liverpool. The only, I guess, the only benefit they have is that they're top of the table comfortably in France. They've won all 10 games. And so they can probably play neither of those guys at the weekend and rest them and probably still win the game. So that's maybe the little advantage that they have. Yeah, looking at the uh, looking at the league on table, yeah, they're, they're comfortably the top uh, top of the league. You know, won all the games, um, just walking that division. But again, I guess the flip side of that is, uh, you know, is the the risk of them being slightly undercooked. Um, so again, you know, there's the other side of things there, John. Is is yeah, in league and domestically, their form is is impeccable. But in the Champions League, other than that um, that smashing of Red Star at, at home, uh, it's you know it's defeat at Anfield and it's draw drawing at uh, Napoli home and away. It's it's not um, it's nothing to really write home about for a team of ex- of expensively assembled superstars, is it? No, and I happen to think that playing in League One, they'll never be battle hardened enough to win the Champions League. You really need like tough games and on a similar regular basis even, just to keep you fresh and to keep you motivated. And, um, you know, the last team outside any of the big leagues to win the Champions League was Porto in 2004, and that was a bit of an aberration, really. So, um, uh, yeah, I can't ever see them win the Champions League like that. And uh, that's 
that's hopefully something Liverpool can play on. Maybe they'd be slightly undercooked. Uh, Liverpool quite a tough game away to Watford. So I think, uh, especially after the kind of humbling defeat and performance in Belgrade, Liverpool will be right up for this. Uh, in fairness, Jurgen Klopp's um, record uh, in big games as Liverpool manager is, is excellent. So um, I don't see any reason why we can't continue in that vein this week. And Sam, what about key players looking at the PSG squad then? I mean, it's this is not like, you know, there's some some clubs where we'd need to get an expert inside opinion on uh, on some of the players so we could learn more about them. Obviously, you know, they're, they're such a well-known club. They're, they're so many of the squads are well-known superstars. Uh, but wh- which of the names do you think could be absolutely key to to PSG if if they are to get the result that they desire? Well, a lot of the talk is always about Mbappe and about Neymar, but I think a lot of people tend to forget that Cavani's a bloody class <laughs> player as well, you know. So I think he's, he's someone that I'm obviously going to be very concerned about uh, in you know in an away match as well. But to be fair, as long as you got Van Dijk and Gomez fully fit, you know, I'm 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 not worried. You know, I feel like those guys really have proved themselves this season and. You know they're they're really up to the fight against any type of player. You know, be it the physicality of Cavani, the sheer pace of Mbappe, uh, the, the trickery of Neymar. Our defenders have got all of the skills, all of the skill sets required to actually defend against any type of that. You know, of that ilk. So, to be honest with you, mate, I, uh, Cavani, I'd probably say as the kind of the the main threat for us uh, while we're trying to worry about Neymar and Mbappe, but in all honesty, I'm a bit like John on this one, and I'm I'm feeling strangely confident about it. I don't know what it is this season, but I get a feeling before a game sometimes and get really confident. Although to be fair, I did feel confident going into the Red Star game, so you never know. <laughs> that, that, now you're not feeling me with confidence saying that though. <laughs> <laughs> John, looking at the PSG players, then obviously uh, the, the forward line is couldn't hurt anybody. But midfield's been an area, a board of contention this season for Liverpool. It's been an area of concern a lot of the time. I know we haven't been firing up front in the ways that we were used to seeing. You know, we became so accustomed to last season. But obviously, it's not just the forward line. There's the creation that what goes on behind it, and. For me, the midfield hasn't looked quite right uh, too often this season. Not every game, not not consistently, but a bit too often it hasn't quite functioned right. So, so what about the midfield? What because in that PSG game at Anfield, obviously they they were missing any midfield stars in there. The Marquinhos uh, was it? I believe Marquinhos was playing in midfield. So. What what about the midfield options for PSG? Do you have do you think they have something in there that uh, could could kind of wrestle the game away from us? Yeah, on paper, definitely. I just don't know the practicality of it. Um, PSG kind of play a variation of a of a three four three, and uh, and Klopp's time in charge has typically been like a formation that suits Liverpool to play against. I remember Roma came to Anfield uh, in the Champions League semi final last season and just played this comically. Like naive high line and it win a three four three formation and Liverpool just kind of bypassed the midfield and just kept hitting long balls into the channels and we absolutely minced them. So like because because of the position of the group, PSG are going to need to to win this game and the best way to do that from their perspective 
is to play a high line and be aggressive and play attacking football. So I think they'll leave quite a lot of space in behind. Um, whether it's going to be Verratti and, um, and Rabio in a two, they might have their work cut out for them because I think this might be the perfect game for Liverpool to again play the, play the pivot of Wijnaldum and, and Fabinho, which looks so well against Red Star at Anfield. But uh, it, it's kind of a point I was thinking of as you were talking about the midfield. Uh, there's been so much chopping and changing in Liverpool's midfield this season. So maybe it's kind of inevitable that there was a bit of a drop-off in quality. I mean, you've seen times where it's been a three. You've seen times where it's been a two. You've seen times where it's Henderson and Wijnaldum. Other times it's Fabinho. Kate has been injured. So, you know, it, it's it's maybe a little bit inevitable. And also because our, our start to the season was so difficult, I kind of feel like Klopp is kind of maybe restrain the players from their attacking role somewhat just to get through that tough run of games that we had. And so hopefully we'll start to see things change now with uh, Shakiri settled into the number 10 role and kind of the two behind them being a little more solid. So Sam, something we can't uh, discount. Now, the Red Star game, you know, you mentioned it, uh, Liverpool lost. We, we talked about it at the start of the show, obviously. And... You know, this away form for Liverpool, the last three European matches away, um, they've lost all three of them. So what what about that away form? Is is this becoming a thing? Is this something that in any way worries you about going into Wednesday night's game? I wouldn't read into it too much. Um, you know, so the three games where we're obviously counting away um, when we still progress. Uh, and we've had two this season where Nat, I think, might actually be the worst ever performance under Klopp. It was so bad. We, I, I think we had a shot the whole game <laughs> and uh, we, we really deserved to lose that game. So, you know, that, that, that game was a concern. Um, and obviously the Red Star game, you know, we didn't expect to lose that after comfortably, uh, comfortably beating them at home. But... You know, I really don't think we should be reading too much into it. I think they're kind of isolated incidents. And we have shown this season, home and away in the Premier League, that we are a very, very good team. You know, so we've we've performed away from home at Stamford Bridge. We've performed away from home at White Hart Lane. Well, or, <laughs> well, supposed to be White Hart Lane, but Wembley. Uh, you know, we, we've proved it this season that we are, we're not just a, a team that can perform at home. So... I'm really not worried about any sort of patterns that are slowly emerging, you know, three defeats in a row away from home. And, you know, maybe we can even talk about the final and obviously losing that as well. But, yeah, not not at all. I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think that we are starting to show signs now that the attack is starting to, to show promise and then we're starting to gel a little bit better. And I think... That's going to coincide now with our midfielders getting their fitness back up. You know, Cater's back in now. Um, he, he played, I think he played 90 minutes, did he, in the week uh, internationally. So he maybe is someone that might come back into the fold and kind of breathe new freshness into that midfield, which I think has been our weakest part of our team this season so far. And I think if we do solve the problem in midfield, I think then we will see a much more fluent attacking Liverpool. And personally, I think Fabinho has been much better than maybe some of the Twitter critics have thought. And I think he's someone that might be a key player 
um, for us in this match. Uh, as long as he's up to scratch with his fitness and everything, I think he's someone that really could be key in kind of breaking down those um, PSG counter-attacks and getting us back on the front foot. Yeah, I think that that's a the very, very good point. Uh, John, are you like Sam then? Are you not concerned by Liverpool's recent away form that it's it's just kind of more circumstantial than anything else? It's not it's not a thing, so to speak. Yeah, I I, I think it is uh, more circumstantial than anything else. I mean, okay, Napoli away, any team could lose that, and it was a bad performance. And likewise, Belgrade. But um, I, I yeah, I I can see us really coming back into our own for this. You know, we've been kind of bubbling under in recent weeks and we've obviously had this break, but um, I, I don't I don't see it happening like that. Like I said, Klopp's, Klopp's record in big games is, is so impressive. And just given the context of the tie and the fact that PSG really need to go for us, um, in the other two games, like we had most of the ball and they were happy enough to sit back. Uh, actually, Napoli, as people remember, didn't score in pretty much until the last play of the game over there. So, um, so it'll be kind of a different kind of a game, and that should suit us because let, let's not forget how deadly that front three were in the in the you know in the run to the Champions League final last season. They're they're absolutely electric, and it's a big pitch. And given that PSG need to attack, I think it will really suit us this game. And, and you mentioned obviously that PSG, yes, they do have to come after us. They they need to win this game. There's no two ways about it. They can't afford to draw. They need to win this game. Uh, you mentioned that they come with like a hybrid four-three-three ultra attacking. How do you how do you think Liverpool really kind of need to approach this? Then is it kind of that sort of the rope a dope sucker punch, bring uh, draw them in and hit them on the counter attack in the spaces that they're inevitably going to leave behind? I think that's precisely um, what we need to do. I think the composition of our midfield will be very interesting. I think. Um, Fabinho is nailed on to start and who partners him will be interesting. Um, it could be Wijnaldum and it could be Henderson. I think a lot of people have seemed to have gotten to the idea that Henderson and Fabinho, you know, Fabinho might be there to replace Henderson and they can't play together. I think they could quite, they could quite easily play together. Um, you know, Fabinho is a defensive midfielder as such, but I see him as more of a defensive midfielder in like a Kante kind of a way in that he doesn't have one fixed position. He's going to get up and down the pitch to win the ball and snuff out attacks. So um, I think he could quite easily play with Henderson. So whether it's Henderson and Fabinho or Fabinho and Wijnaldum, I think that's the way we should suit up, kind of remain kind of solid and then, you know, have the outlet of Shakiri and the front three to break out. Interesting. So you think Liverpool should be looking at the, at, at the well, I guess the, the 4-2-3-1 here and not, and not go for the three-man midfield to uh, maybe try and outnumber them in the middle? Yeah, I think it's just worked um, much better for us this season as the two-man midfield. Also, you know, it, it depends on like how Shaqiri plays it. He could easily kind of kind of drift into that space and make that third man. And also, when you have Fabi- when you have Firmino playing, he he basically plays in that space in midfield, and he works so hard that he covers a lot of gaps. So it's not something I really worry about too much, especially if PSG play their three-four-three because it will pretty much be two-on-two. And uh, Liverpool have better athletes in that area, so that's something that would bring me a lot of confidence about this game. Yeah, well, what what do you expect Klopp's approach to be, though? You know, obviously we we talk about how how you'd like to see it and how we we see things uh, happening. What how do you think you and Klopp will see this game? Do you, do you think he'll see this as um, the the three man midfield that he's used in so many of the big games this season? 
yeah, with, with Milner kind of playing on that kind of um, right-sided role, that's that's possibly something you consider again. And I can see the merit in it because when Milner plays there, he kind of protects Alexander Arnold because he tends to drift wide an awful lot. And like whether a lot of people kind of think his form has been overrated in the last year or so, the one thing you'll always get with Milner and similar with Firmino is you'll get value. You get he put a shift in. You know he won't go in with a clean jersey. So that's that's possibly something he'd be thinking about. But uh. I, I I remember when we played Dortmund away in the away leg before that epic Anfield encounter in the Europa League when uh, Tuchel was manager there. Liverpool were quite defensive in that game and they really kind of uh, they really kind of quelled uh, Dortmund's attack. They actually took the lead through Origi and then Mats Hummels pulled one back with a header from a corner. So maybe that's the kind of prototype he look to use again, being more selective in their attacking bursts and just kind of being disciplined and, and resolute. That's possibly something you consider. And Sam, how how do you see uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, approaching this game? Is it similar to what uh, what John said there? Yeah, I totally agree with John. I think if this season's form is anything to go by, Klopp has kind of showed a bit of an air of cautiousness with his lineups at times. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we need to realise it isn't FIFA... Um, it's, I'd love to see us put Shakiri on, put all the attacking talent out there, and go at them. Get get Keita in, you know, the exciting new players and everything. But Klopp has kind of prioritised defence this season, and it has, you know, actually given us the points total that we've been craving for years. So I think it's likely that he will be putting in. You know, maybe Milner or Wijnaldum in that uh, midfield. You know, saying that they are going to have all of the, the the front four. If you say the front three with Shakiri, then that's only going to be two midfielders. Um, then it would have to be. I'd be really, really surprised. So I, I wouldn't be that surprised. You know, if he did end up just putting Shakiri on the bench, even though I think he is probably our our form player at this moment in time. I would definitely play him, but I'm expecting. A more defensive option. Um, I fully expect him now to put Henderson in there. He seems to to favour that at the moment. While when there's a big game, he, he does tend to favour Henderson at the moment. I think going forward, we are going to get to a point where Kate uh, surpasses him by an absolute country mile, and I'm really looking forward to that time. I just don't think we're there yet. So. Um, as John said, fully expecting Milner to be in with a shout as well. He's someone that has he's got the experience as well. It's you know it's a tough away match. Sometimes you need to put a guy in who's been at the club for a while and has actually got the old head that can drag the players through if we are having a tough time of it. So even though I'd love to see the the, the, the kind of four up front rotating and maybe Fabinho and Kate in midfield, that's exactly what I'd like to see. I think we're probably going to see something a little bit more cautious from Klopp. Yeah, and you, I mean, you've already mentioned Fabinho, uh, Fabinho, but who else do you think is going to be key for for Liverpool on the night? Um, I think it's going to be Van Dijk and Gomez, mate. You know, we, we've seen Van Dijk is just blossoming at Liverpool. You know, we already knew he was a class act before coming to the club, but I, I really do think that move has, has got him to step up to an absolutely different level. So I think it, it's going to be a, a huge test, of course, for um, Gomez van Dijk and, and possibly Alisson if if, uh, if PSG get their way. But 
I, I really think that they're up to the task. So I, th- I, I think our centre-backs are going to be absolutely key in this, uh, in tandem with, hopefully, Fabinho. And if we do have that trio there protecting Alisson, then I think we've got a really, really good chance of, of keeping the scoreline, uh, well, possibly keeping a clean sheet. So if, if that's the case, I really, really do expect us to score at least one goal in this game and then we could get the win. Mm, I like it. And and John, what what about yourself then? I, I mean, Sam's picked out uh, or, you know the defensive players there that could be key to Liverpool getting getting the the result that they want. Who do you, who do you think will be key key on the night for the Reds? I think Van Dyke. This is the stage that he moved to Liverpool to play in. This is like this is the stage that he deserves to be at. And I think uh, I think he'll come in clutch for us. You saw his. He saw his goal against Germany midweek for the Dutch. He just—he's a big game player. He uh, and I think I think he'll be a key for us again. It's also it's also worth noting that Milner, obviously retired from international football, has had no football in the last two weeks, so he'll be extremely fit and fresh. So um, that might be something that will bear on Klopp's mind. Yeah, Virgil van Striker. Virgil van Striker. I swear to God, you could play centre forward for a lower to mid-table Premier League club, and like it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, what about that space? Then I mean, so we've already mentioned, obviously, you know, that they play that if they do go for that three at the back, there is the potential there for space out wide to maybe get in and those sort of pockets in the wide areas. Obviously, Mane likes to operate in there. We we do see Salah kind of moving into more narrow positions. Then, so could this could this be a game for for um for the fullbacks to really? show their attacking potential, maybe even second half in this game then? Yeah, they absolutely could. Um, like I mentioned earlier, if it's Neymar and, and Mbappe, or if it's uh, Di Maria or Draxler, none of those four players are particularly hardworking or defensively diligent. So who, whomever of them plays will most likely leave either Mounier or Bernat on the other side, kind of exposing that wing and kind of two-on-one. Um so I think Trent has kind of had an up and down start to the season, but he was quite good for England in their recent games. So uh, hopefully he can carry that form through because he has all the talent in the world, and this could be a big stage for him to shine. Yeah, he scored his first international goal, so let's hope he's on a high. He certainly had a an excellent game against PSG at Anfield. So yeah, that it could be on again. So uh, a question then: Do you expect then to see to see us keep? That quality, you know, the game changers on the bench that keep that uh, quality in reserve of of Keita and Shakiri as as good as Shakiri's been for us, and as Sam mentioned, he's our form player. Um, do, do you expect then to see them two on the bench we, that we've always got that option? We can bring them on if we need to change things around and and up the ante. Yeah, quite possibly. I think that our lineup against Watford on Saturday would be quite telling. Um, towards what he does and whom he picks. Um, but I, I'm kind of I'm kind of confident, uh, regardless of who we pick there, I just think this game really, really suits us. And, um, like, it's it's just the opposition and, and, the form- and the type of football they play and the manager. It all just seems to play into our hands. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm quite confident. But the approach, the, the approach will be interesting. But what we've shown this season is that we can play in a few different ways. I mean, for so many years, Liverpool fans were complaining about how we weren't able to grind out wins or how we weren't defensively solid. 
and then all of a sudden we're doing that and they're like whoa no we're boring so you know you can never make everyone absolutely happy but i'm just so i'm just so pleased that we showed that we can win games in a different way because over the course of a long season in so many competitions you're not going to play on your own terms number one or at your best number two all the time so you have to find different ways to win games and uh we showed this season that we can yeah it's it is um it's a certainly a quality to have and and i'm still i'm still getting used to that feeling of confidence in in the liverpool backline it's something i've not felt for for uh, too long way too long uh sam same question to you then do do you expect a liverpool to uh, keep that quality in reserve have that uh, option from the bench of Keita uh, and shakiri I, I guess from what you were saying earlier that's that's what you're expecting to see yeah yeah, it's it's not what I want, but I it's what I expect from Klopp. Um, I, it is nice having that attacking talent on the bench because in, in football these days the substitutes are so so vital. You know, we found that to our detriment last season on a number of occasions when we had to field seventeen-year-olds on the bench who really weren't ready for first-team football. So um, it is really nice when you have got that attacking talent on the bench. So if the game isn't going the way you want it to. And you've got that option then to change things. So I do expect him to do that. Um, I know you touched on Trent earlier. I was absolutely delighted to see him have a man of the match performance for England and score a really good goal. I think it's something he, he did need. I felt like he's he's been trying a little bit too hard the last couple of games to get his form back for Liverpool and, and been trying to force things. So hopefully you know that really good performance for England will settle him down a bit. Um, and then him and Robbo... You know, as you were saying earlier, it really could be key for us if they can push forward. Not only will it be a really good attacking tool, but it might actually keep some of their attackers honest as well because they'll have to track back themselves. So it, it could work twofold for us, where it actually becomes a bit of a defensive tool because what they're pushing up so high, they're going to have to be looking back rather than looking forward. So. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the way it's going to work out and just really hope now that the guys up front, they're, they're going to get chances on the counter-attack. You fully expect PSG to go for it in this game. They're at home. They've got an incredible record in their league this season. You know, they're, they're going to be confident. You know, These are really big-name players. But if they are going to attack us, as John said earlier, that's the kind of football that really does suit this Liverpool side. And we are a big game team. So, you know, I really, really do expect this to, to, to put in a really good performance here. And hopefully we can you know, pick them off on the counter-attack. Yeah, it's, it's, made, it's, made, for, uh, it's made for a game to, to certainly be enjoyed and have us on the edge of our seats. So, you've, you know, you've said that you're confident, Sam. All, that leaves, all that's left for us to do then... Match predictions. Um, can you can you put your money where your mouth is, mate? Can can you predict the Liverpool win here? Do I have to put my money on it as well? Or <laughs> no, only, <laughs> only figuratively speaking. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll put my monopoly money on a Liverpool win, and I'm I'm gonna go for two one to the Reds. And John, the same to yourself. Uh, how how do you see this uh, game ending? I think it'll be 3-1 to Liverpool. I think Salah is just starting to come back into form nicely and I think he'll show the world that he's legitimately one of the top five players in the world and he'll have a stormer. 3-1 Liverpool. So there you have it, folks. 
a huge, huge night ahead for Liverpool in Paris. They've, uh, they've, they have had glory in that city before. So let's hope we see it again on Wednesday night. Uh, my thanks to John and to Sam. And our thanks to all of you for uh, tuning in. We will be back before the Napoli game, the final game in this group. But until then, from me, Andy Wales, here with the uh, Champions League preview podcast on Anfield Index, it's bye-bye now. Network.